Greetings and welcome to another beautiful Saturday morning at three hours of live and local radio on WNTK 99.7 FM, New London, New Hampshire, and WUBR 1490 AM and 98.9 FM, Lebanon, New Hampshire. This is Saturday Sports Talk, your weekly catch-up on what's happening in high school and college sports around the Upper Valley. I'm Greg Fennell. Coming up in a bit, we're starting to finally get busy with baseball, softball, and all the other spring sports that populate the high school schedule around here. Lebanon baseball, an impressive win yesterday. Hanover baseball, no hitter. We'll talk about that as we continue on through the program. Looking ahead to the weekend action as well. Some big stuff going up at Dartmouth College this afternoon. Softball program on a seven-game win streak. Looking to stay in the hunt for the Ivy League Championship Series. They have a doubleheader with Columbia coming up at 12.30, so we'll preview that as well. And uh, just kind of catch up on everything that's happening around the area in Upper Valley High School and College Sports over the next hour. But that's just the start of things for Saturday Sports Talk for three hours of life and local here on NTK and UVR. Coming up at uh, 10 o'clock or a little bit thereafter, you'll have Valley Buzz with Rob Woodard and my best guest, Bob Hingston. Here, uh, filling in once again for Rich Parker with uh, Dartmouth Men's Golf on the road down at the Ivy League Championship at the Century Club in Purchase, New York this weekend. My guess is no Rich again this week, which means probably more Hingster, and you'll have that at a uh, little after 10 o'clock. That'll take you up until noon for the three hours of live and local this morning. And then more live baseball on WNTK 99.7 FM. 510 is the pregame. 610 the first pitch as Toronto continues. Uh, we'll try that again. The uh, Red Sox continue their series with Tampa Bay. Let me double check that game time once again. Yes, it is a 610 first pitch, 510 broadcast time on WNTK 99.7 as FM as the Sox and Rays continue down at the Tuna Fish Can in St. Petersburg, Florida. You've got uh, our uh, good buddy Dapper Dan on the uh, board down in New London. one 3151 the phone number to catch up. Join him for the conversation. And as we do on every edition of Saturday Sports Talk, you know not everything in the world of sports that happened on Friday night made it into Saturday's newspaper, so we are going to read about it. Trevor Story's had a little bit of difficulty trying to get the bat going in his first season with the Boston Red Sox after his uh, spring training trade from the Colorado Rockies, but there's one way that he can make up for not having a strong bat at the plate, and that's with his glove in the field. He had three very solid defensive plays at, sh at second base. Remember, this is a guy who's a career shortstop at the major league level. Two of those plays came in the bottom of the ninth inning after the Red Sox basically loaded the bases on walks. That allowed them to come away with a stressful but thrilling 4-3 victory over Tampa Bay at Tropicana Field last night in a game you heard on WNTK 99.7 FM. Sox had a 4-1 lead early in the contest, part of a three-hit game for Xander Bogarts, but it slowly trickled away until it got to 4-3 by the ninth inning with uh, Jake Diekman on the mound. Sox looking to close things out, but Diekman was all over the place, walking the first two batters he had and then ending up walking a third to load the bases later on. That's where Story came into the action. With two on and uh, none away, he made a fantastic sliding stop on a short hop ball at second base to get a force out at second base for the first out of the inning. After Diekman walked an 0-71 batter to load the bases, he got a called third strike on another Tampa batter, and then at that point, acting manager Will Venable brought in uh, Matt Barnes 
who uh, induced Wander Franco into a hard ground ball that required a sliding stop by Story in the right field hole before he made the throw to first base for the final out. So the Sox got out of a self-imposed uh, jam, held on for the victory. Good to see Barnes come out there, do the job that's required of the closer who's had some difficulty so far this year. And, of course, Story with his play on the defense that included a diving catch on a liner in uh, shallow center field as well, contributing in the manner that he can. Franco outstanding for Tampa Bay, the 21-year-old shortstop, had two home runs on the game uh, before being uh, shut down in that ninth inning rally. Red Sox four, Tampa Bay three. Michael Walker with a win, by the way, threw very well uh, so far this season for the uh, Red Sox in that victory last night. Two teams play again today down at Tropicana Field. 6-10 is the first pitch. 5-10 will be the broadcast time on 99.7 FM. Now, you may not have seen uh, J.D. Martinez much yesterday. The reason behind that is he's having issue with a left, uh, left adductor tightness, I should say. And for the weekend, Venable, who is filling in for manager Alex Cora for COVID-19 reasons, saying that uh, Martinez will be limited to uh, pinch hitting duties at least uh, through the weekend and see how he can handle his injury. Speaking of COVID, of course, that's why uh, Cora isn't with the team for the entire weekend, got a positive test at the end of the week. Uh, catcher Kevin Plowucki, one of several Red Sox who've had uh, positive tests for COVID uh, during the past week, team says that he is doing better, could play this weekend uh, or at least sometime really soon for the Red Sox. Uh, infielder Jonathan Arauz also suffering from COVID-19 symptoms. Uh, it won't be as significant for him because he's more of a part-time player, but uh, they uh, will uh, be watching his situation. We'll get him back to action as soon as possible. Meanwhile, uh, elsewhere in the world of Major League Baseball, Tim Anderson, the uh, shortstop for the Chicago White Sox, I was doing his best Kyrie Irving impersonation, flipping the bird at a baseball fan in Minneapolis the other night. And for that, uh, in Cleveland, I should say, he did it. For that, he was given a one-game suspension by Major League Baseball on Friday. He's going to appeal the ban, will play until the matter is settled. He was in the lineup on Friday, had a sixth error in three games. Maybe that's why he's being booed by uh, White Sox fans. Who knows? Uh, he had three errors in the first two innings of the Pale Hose 11-1 loss to Cleveland on Wednesday to open a doubleheader, uh, and that's when he made the gesture to the fan while he was out in the field. Uh, while he apologized, he's still trying to defend it. Uh, he made all of ten errors all of last season. We'll see how long this um, contrition lasts. To the scoreboard, the uh, Guardians were 4-1 losers to the New York Yankees at Yankee Stadium last night. Also in the American League, Minnesota 2, the White Sox 1, Toronto blank, or rather beat Houston 4-3, getting a run in the top of the ninth for the victory. Baltimore winning in Los Angeles over the Angels 5-3, Texas 8, Oakland 1, Seattle 4, Kansas City 1. The uh, Rapids, not the Rapids, the Rockies, I'm sorry, and uh, Detroit were rained out yesterday. They'll play a split doubleheader today. National League, uh, one run top of the 10th. Mets beat Arizona 6-5. Dodgers victorious in uh, San Diego by a count of 6-1. Uh, also yesterday, Pittsburgh 4, the Cubs 2. Atlanta shutout winner at home over Miami, 3 to nothing. Philadelphia 4, Milwaukee 2, San Francisco routing Washington 7-1, and uh, the Cardinals were winners, beating Cincinnati, holding them off in the bottom of the ninth inning for a 4-2 victory. 
Well, the Brooklyn Nets still trying to figure out a way around the Boston Celtics defense. Certainly, Kevin Durant has been having a problem with that. He missed all 10 of his field goal attempts the other night in Game 2 of their Eastern Conference first-round series Wednesday night. That's when the Celtics rallied from a 17-point deficit for a 114-107 victory. Uh, meanwhile, in that opener, Durant was only 9 of 24 in the 115-114 uh, victory earlier in the week, decided on a Jason Tatum buzzer beater. So we'll see if he can find a way around the Celts' defense, which could get even better for Game 3 of the series tonight. They're expecting Robert Williams III, their top defensive player, to be back for at least limited minutes. If he does see action, he'd be back on the floor in less than four weeks since undergoing surgery for a torn meniscus in his left knee. Meanwhile, the Nets are hoping to get guard Ben Simmons back in time for Game 4 on Monday. He's not expected to play Game 3 tonight, but ESPN reporting Game 4 a possibility. Game is a 7.30 start down at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn tonight. NBA playoff action from last night. Trey Young hit a floater at the buzzer to get the Atlanta Hawks back in their series with the Miami Heat. 111-110 the count on that one, but Miami still has two games to one edge. Milwaukee picked up 18 points, nine assists, seven boards from Giannis Antetokounmpo, routing Chicago 111-81. Uh, Bucks go up 2-1 in their series. And Phoenix edging New Orleans 114-111 on the road. The uh, Suns, the overwhelming favorites for the NBA title. They're up 2-1 in that series. Chris Paul, 28 points, 14 assists for Phoenix in the victory. It has been, for hockey fans, a miserable past week. This time last week we were talking about the death of Mike Bossy. Now it is the passing of Guy Lafleur, the cornerstone of the Montreal Canadiens dynasty of the 1970s, one of the most electrifying players in NHL history. He died on Friday following a three-year battle with lung cancer at the age of 70. Uh, he was uh, a crown jewel in the firmament that was Montreal hockey in the 1970s. Uh, he was part of five Stanley Cup champions with the Habs, including four in a row from 1976 to 1979. He scored at least 50 goals and 119 points from 1974 through 1980. Incredible skill, beautiful blonde locks flowing as he skated through the neutral zone, uh, and certainly a gentleman off the ice as well. Uh, big, big loss for the hockey community in the passing of Guy Lafleur yesterday. Four games on the schedule last night in the NHL. Ottawa, a shootout winner over Columbus, 2-1. Two teams not going to the playoffs. Minnesota, 6-3, winner over Seattle. Uh, Edmonton clinched a playoff spot in the West, doubling up Colorado, 6-3. Washington, a winner in Arizona, 2-0 to complete a 3-1-1 road trip and tie Pittsburgh for third place in the Atlantic Division with identical win-loss tie record so far. I believe uh, Pittsburgh has the tiebreaker on regulation and overtime wins. The teams both have four games left in the regular season. The uh, schedule for tonight includes the Bruins at home this afternoon, actually hosting the New York Rangers in what should be a fun contest. And then they'll go to Montreal tomorrow night, which will be the first home game for the Habs since Guy Lafleur's passing. The NFL is going to make the most of having Christmas Day fall on a Sunday this year. For the first time, it will have three games on uh, television, or three games on the schedule, I should say. Two in the afternoon, one for CBS, one for Fox, and then a prime timer for NBC. Uh, the Poobah is in charge of football on TV for the NFL. Really like having Christmas as a, a date to play, even if they don't do the full schedule. They've had a lot of success with it from a rating standpoint. It'll be the third straight year that the NFL has played on Christmas Day. Last year, Green Bay beating Cleveland 24-22 drew 28.6 million viewers. 
on Fox. And the uh, later contest of Indianapolis over Arizona, 22-16, got $12.5 million on the NFL Network. Other notes from Football World. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have agreed to restructure quarterback Tom Brady's uh, contract to free up a little bit more uh, cap space heading into the draft next week. They have uh, tweaked his base salary into a signing bonus, added some voidable years as well. It created $9 million in cap space to help a Bucks team that had less than $4 million in cap space before making that maneuver. Nothing unusual. This is something that Brady did all the time with the Patriots. Former Pittsburgh teammates and coaches said farewell to Dwayne Haskins during an emotional memorial service on Friday, a little less than two weeks since the 24-year-old died after being struck while walking on a South Florida highway. Pittsburgh coach Mike Tomlin, former Ohio State coach Urban Meyer, current Ohio State coach Ryan Day, among several hundred mourners at a service at Pittsburgh's north side, uh, not far from Heinz Field, where Haskins would have played quarterback uh, at a minimum in a backup role for the Steelers in the coming season. Terrell Edmonds' longest season as a pro won't be his last in Pittsburgh. He is coming back. The safety is on a one-year deal uh, for $2.5 million, according to the NFL Network. Speaking of football of a round ball nature, the New England Revolution showing a little bit of life last week in breaking a four-match losing streak, getting a 2-1 victory over Charlotte FC to break a four-match losing streak. Now they'll host a team very much in transition tonight uh, up at Foxborough, or change that down in D.C. at Audi Field. The Revolution will play D.C. United, which fired coach Hernan Lasada midweek and handed the job, at least on an interim basis, to longtime assistant Chad Ashton. New England has won uh, six straight matches in this series with D.C. United, five coming by one-goal margins. Meanwhile, the United has lost four straight for the first time since a five-match losing streak back in September and October of last year. Uh, by the way, the Revs trying to win consecutive matches for the first time since last December when they won three straight. The uh, victory uh, over Charlotte was just the fourth win in 13 matches during that most recent streak. DC United expected not to have striker Ola Kamara in the lineup. He became just the second person in M MLS history last week to score two goals and then get red carded before halftime. Part of that reason why DC United blew a 2 nothing lead and gave up three goals in the last 10 minutes of regulation the capping that led to the firing of Lozada midweek. Colorado Rapids, that's where I got the Rapids mixed up in it before. They've acquired U.S. men's national team striker Giasi Zardes in a cash trade with Cal uh, Columbus, giving uh, the crew $300,000 in general allocation money. Uh, money could uh, increase depending on whether Zardes reaches certain performance metrics and re-signs a long-term deal with Colorado in the offseason. U.S. men's national team will begin CONCACAF Nations League title defense play with an opening match against Grenada at Austin, uh, Texas uh, Q2 Stadium and home of Austin FC on June 10th. It'll be the third of six pre-World Cup uh, contests for the Americans who have already scheduled and announced a friendly with 24th ranked Morocco June 1st uh, in Cincinnati. U.S. currently ranked 15th in the FIFA rankings. U.S. also looking for a potential matchup with uh, Uruguay in June. They'll play El Salvador in a Nations League match on June 14th, and two more matches are looking to be scheduled at the end of September. Uh, golf is down in suburban New Orleans at the Zurich Classic. Two-man team matchup. Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley after a 59 to open things up on the first round of Thursday. They are at 17 under par through two rounds of play, one shot up on two other teams. Uh, long break over for Woodstock native Keegan Bradley. He has teamed up with longtime friend Brendan Steele. They are eight shots off the pace, but did make the cut 
by one stroke. Jin Young Ko and Nasa Hatoka are the leaders for the LPGA's uh, LA Open through two rounds of play. Uh, right now, Ho uh, Ko, I should say, at seven under par, uh, along with Hatoka, two-shot lead on uh, Australia's Hannah Green. NASCAR at Talladega for the weekend after uh, racing around one of the small tracks of the circuit at uh, Bristol Motor Speedway last weekend in the dirt race. They're now on the biggest track on the circuit for the weekend. The race coming up tomorrow at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Formula One action going on at Imola in Italy. The race scheduled for tomorrow. Uh, and the mood light heading into the World Heavyweight Championship matchup between two Englishmen. Later on today, Tyson Fury, who is... Uh, defending the WBC heavyweight title, checking in at 264.8 pounds yesterday uh, on the weigh-in, and his opponent, Dylan White, is uh, 12 pounds lighter than his last fight, checking at 254, uh, 253 and a quarter. Should be a fun matchup at 2 o'clock our time today at Wembley Stadium. 94,000 people expected to attend. That's it for Read About It. 922 is the time. We'll take a break, come back and look at high school action from last night. When we uh, return right here on Saturday Sports Talk on WNCK and WUVR. stunned this past uh, winter, last December. My wife and I went up to the Nichols tree farm to cut a, a Christmas tree, and she took a picture of me while I was uh, bending over to, to cut the tree, and all I saw was gray on the top of my head, uh, augmented by the fact that I have a traffic cone orange uh, ski parka, and uh, oh, you know, age, some people age well. I'm definitely not one of them. Greg Fennell with you here on uh, Saturday Sports Talk. Thanks to uh, Dapper Dan down at the studio in New London. Doing the hard work, uh, also doing the hard work, uh, Rob Woodard, and I believe it'll be Bob Hingston. Um, you know, bear with me a second here. Let me get my Facebook page up on the computer. Usually, Hinger does a real good job of putting a notice uh, on his Facebook page saying that he's going to be doing the show, and usually I have the sense to check my my Facebook feed before we uh, get on the uh, on the program and I see that but unfortunately I wasn't smart enough to realize that today so I'm just kinda guessing that it's going to be Hinger uh, with uh, Woody today just because of the fact that Dartmouth Golf, Dartmouth Men's Golf is down to the Ivy League Championship outside of New York City and of course that is uh, Rich Parker's uh, real job, his daytime job and this will be like five six weeks in a row that he's had some sort of tournament and the season isn't going to go much longer, I think, with the Ivy League Championship being this weekend. So uh, we could have uh, Hinger here. We could have Woody here. We could have two totally, completely different people here. Who knows? Uh, we'll find out at a little bit after 10 o'clock after the weather and the news. All I know is that Dapper Dan will be in charge of that program as well as he is for the entire three hours 
of Live and Local every weekend here on uh, NTK and UVR. To the scoreboard to uh, high school sports last night around the uh, Upper Valley and yesterday afternoon softball action. Woodstock High has a brand new coach this year, uh, Angela Allard, taking over the Wasp, and they got off to a Good start to their new season, a 19-7 win over Mill River yesterday afternoon. Woodstock only played five games last year in the COVID-shortened uh, spring season, uh, lost all of them, so they are at a brand-new starting point and certainly got off to a real good one. Got a 4-0 lead after an inning of play. Uh, Mill River tied it up in the second and took a lead in the fourth, and then it was all Woodstock after that. Sophomore Georgia Tarleton with a two-run single that put the Wasps ahead to stay at the bottom of the fourth inning, and then River Miles had a two-run triple in the fifth. That gave uh, Woodstock some breathing room. The uh, Wasps will be on the road on Tuesday, heading over to Proctor. As usual, Stephen Softball doing well early on, two wins in three games, including an 11-8 victory over Fall Mountain over at uh, Veterans Park yesterday. Brianna Frisbee going the first five innings, and Mia Herbert coming in for the save over the final two. Frisbee and Josie Aiken also three hits each to lead the Cardinals. Uh, took the lead for good in the sixth inning, so I should say that the win went to uh, Herbert instead for those two innings at the end. Uh, Two-run single for Mackenzie Brown, helping Stevens go ahead on the Wildcats and pick up the victory. They will uh, host Conval on Monday over in Claremont. Kimball Union was a winner in softball action yesterday in eight innings, beating Proctor Academy down in Andover 6-5. to five. Lulu Leopard with a four-hit effort, uh, including the game-winning home run in the top of the eighth inning to give KUA its third win in five so far. She finished with four RBIs to go with the four hits. Michaela Kokinos had a two-for-four uh, afternoon, and Emma Lapsley threw five innings for KUA, struck out four, and scattered nine hits. Rivals meeting down in Newport. It was all Newport over Mascoma in five innings, 18-1 yesterday. Alyssa Webster hit and run for Mascoma's highlights. Uh, Anna Sullivan also did a nice guy diving catch at catcher and threw out a runner at third base uh, for the top defensive highlight for the Royals yesterday. But aside from that, it was all Newport. And Hanover uh, fell to 0-3. They dropped a 12-0 decision up at the Dresden Athletic Fields to Pelham. Baseball yesterday, Newport got its first win of the season at Mascoma's expense. 10-7 uh, the count at Bill Bates Field. Uh, Mascoma is 0-4 uh, on the season. Tigers up to 1-4. And, and they did it without their top three catchers. Uh, normally Dylan Carpenter starts, but he's out with a suspected knee injury. Backup Colton Godwin's away on vacation. Number three catcher Gabriel Howe got hurt in warm-ups. So that meant freshman uh, Emilio Urista got the call behind the uh, plate and did a good job for pitcher Jaden Conrad, who also threw very well for uh, Newport. He went into the seventh inning, struck out 12. He had to leave because of pitch count. That left Devin Hano to come in and close things out. Ben Seiler, three for four to lead the Mascoma attack. Zach Thompson had a double. Brad Bryce and Brody Gallette also had a single apiece. And Caden Markway went five innings for uh, Mascoma in the loss. Royals will host White Mountains on Monday, and Newport will go down to Fall Mountain on Wednesday. I mentioned in the open about no-hitter again. This time Hanover had it. Rivendell had a no-hitter on uh, Thursday, I believe, uh, was the case. And Hanover followed suit in a five-inning, 14-nothing route of Pelham up in Norwich yesterday. Trevor Pierce and the staff uh, did the work. Pierce went the first three innings, struck out four, and helped himself with a pair of RBIs. Uh, John Hill, uh, three hits, five runs batted in for the Bears. Uh, Casey Graham had three hits, drove in two runs. Jackson McBride also had a two-hit day for Hanover, which has won its first two games of the season. They got a doubleheader down at Co Brown coming up uh, today. The Bears are going to be smarting as they head into that one as they lost an 18-8 decision 
to Lebanon yesterday up here at Lebanon High School. The Bears were up 8-1 in the contest, a game in which uh, starting pitcher for Lebanon, Cole Fabry, was literally knocked out of the game. He took a line drive off the palm of his pitching hand that promptly swelled up, forced him out of action for a while, came back into the game to play second base later on. But uh, things didn't start well for the Raiders, but the bats really got going in that victory. That same Coe Brown team now, after losing its first of the season, has to play possibly the best team in New Hampshire Division II in Hanover for a pair starting in about uh, half an hour from now down in Northwood. Boys lacrosse Hanover all over Goffstown yesterday, 16-5. Brendan Logan, a 10-point day for the Bears, seven goals, three assists. It was a moderately close game through the uh, first half. Hanover was up 5-1, to one, but eight goals in the third quarter turned that into a 13-3 laugher, and it was pretty much running time from there. Jack Gardner, Brendan Kwaku, uh, Andrew Rudd, and Sam McDonald, all a pair of goals each for the Bears. Mitch Rowley scored one, uh, Gardner, Kwaku, D.H. Hendrick, Ethan Dirks, and Max Galbraith and Cam Bonner all had assists, and goalies Henry Cotter and Luca Cantone combined on 14 saves. Uh, Bears back in action. They are at uh, home against Portsmouth coming up this afternoon. Lebanon also a winner in boys lacrosse action yesterday, improving to 2-2 two two with a 12-6 double-up of Milford up at Henry Everton Field. Uh, Lebanon off for a week. Their next action is a week from today when they take on a decent Kearsarge team. Lebanon girls lacrosse uh, very much in form. 11 goals in the second half to pull away for a 17-5 win down at Milford yesterday. Maddie Jewell, six goals, two assists for the Raiders, who are now 2-1 and one on the season. Four goal, three assist day for Catherine Cole. Molly Smith scored three as well, set up three. Kayla Tabor, two goals, two assists, a goal and three assists for Ella Longacre. And Molly Jane Schutzius also had a goal and an assist for the Raiders. Uh, Drew Cantor and Bailey Mako splitting time in the Lebanon goal with uh, six saves. They will take on Kearsarge next Friday. Hanover Boys Tennis picked up their second straight 5-4 win over a tough foe, uh, this time down at Derryfield in Manchester yesterday. Evan Yang leading things for Hanover. He won uh, two matches. Uh, he had a dominant 8-2 win over Derryfield's Jack Schroeder at number one singles, and then he uh, combined with Alex Rockmore later to clinch the team win with an 8-6 decision at first doubles. Uh, Coach Jared Shaheen noting how good these Hanover Derryfield matchups historically have been. Uh, Derryfield's a very talented team and certainly capable of uh, playing at Division I level just like the Hanover boys who are now 7-0 and on the season and share the top spot in New Hampshire Division I tennis. They're going to be off for a week before turning, uh, returning to action at Keene on May the 2nd. Girls tennis, Hanover not as uh, fortunate yesterday, losing 8-1 at home to Derryfield. Uh, the one win coming from Norris St. Hilaire at fourth single. Stevens girls tennis dropped a 9-0 decision to Trinity yesterday. And on the track and field scene, uh, congratulations to Windsor High senior Ben Gilbert. He set the VPA Division Three state record in the discus at a three-school meet involving Hartford and Thetford at the Murphy Morse Track Complex in Windsor yesterday. His toss of 154 feet, 3 inches, very easily winning the event. He also took the shot put as well. Uh, double wins for uh, Keegan Batchelder in the 100 and 200 dashes and for Caleb Sweat in the high and long jump for the Yellow Jackets. Hartford got uh, a double win from Jordan Davis in the 110 hurdles and the javelin. And Thetford got a double win from distance runner Tobin Durham. He took both the 1500 and the 3000. A triple win for Thetford's girls, Karen Black. She won the long jump, triple jump, and 100 hurdles. Janiah Young swept the 100 and 200 dash for Windsor. And Olivia Chase got the win in the discus and the shot put 
for the Hurricanes. Windsor boys and Thetford girls came away with team victories. Uh, Thetford winning by just four points over Windsor. Very competitive matchup between all three schools. That's your wrap-up for what happened around the Upper Valley yesterday. We will look ahead to what's happening today and take a peek at Dartmouth action as well when we come back. It is coming up on 9.37 on Saturday Sports Talk. Back in a sec. Saturday Sports Talk gets is uh, probably the most Ramone song that Johnny Ramone ever did. At least if you ever read his autobiography, uh, Commando. Uh, I believe he gives not only the song, but the whole Rocket to Russia album. I think it's, maybe it was Leave Home. I forget which one, but I think it was Leave Home. Uh, gives it a, a high grade. I think it was one of the few that he gave an A for the Ramones uh, career together. But yeah, this is one of the best songs you'll never hear it on commercial radio except for right here on Saturday Sports Talk when you get your mandatory Ramones every week here. I'm Greg Fennell, and we are talking uh, high school sports for the moment uh, on Saturday Sports Talk. I do hear Rob Woodard and I believe the voice of Bob Hingston in the background back in the lobby here at the Hilton Garden Inn off of La Bombard Road and Route 120 in Lebanon. Our kind hosts for three hours of live and local every Saturday morning, so we'll uh, hear from those gents after the top of the hour news and weather score uh, i should say schedule for high school sports around the area today uh, not horribly busy but still some interesting stuff going on including uh white river valley baseball the program that has not lost a game since the school was formed three years ago again remember this is part of uh act something or other act 60 act 25 x 85 adam together i don't remember what the Vermont law was, but it was the school consolidation law that led to uh, a number of new school districts in the state with the belief that it was going to lead to reduction in taxes, which I'm not sure entirely has happened. But at least competitively, White River Valley in baseball picking up where South Royalton left off, won a state championship in uh, 2019, won one last year. I think they're up to like 38, 39, 40 wins in a row, something like that. They will play at 11 o'clock up in... Um, uh, South Royalton today hosting Oxbow. Uh, Windsor baseball on the road at Burr and Burton. Noted before in uh, the last segment that Hanover baseball is at Co Brown for a double header today. Hanover, uh, or I should say Lebanon, softening up the Bears for that contest with that 18 8 win yesterday. Uh, and Hanover, of course, 2 0, looking really good through the first two games of the season, including a team no hitter yesterday. The, the question mark, I think, for Hanover is just pitching depth today after playing yesterday and then having to come back and play two more contests today. Uh, what kind of 
arms are going to be available for that much baseball. 10 o'clock is when that gets started. White River Valley baseball softball also at home to host Oxbow this morning. Uh, boys lacrosse today. Hanover, we noted before, has Portsmouth coming to town after that victory yesterday. Hartford off to a good start. They are at Otter Valley this morning. Uh, good Division One matchup in Woodstock. Wasps looking a little lost on defense in a 19-12 defeat to South Burlington earlier in the week. Uh, BFA St. Albans coming in today, always a good test. Uh, track and field, Hanover and Lebanon heading down to the Sanborn Invitational. I think this is one of the first serious meets for both uh, schools so far this season. Tennis action, Hartford playing uh, on both fronts. The girls at Woodstock, the boys hosting uh, Mount uh, Anthony. And Hanover crew in action today, getting things going with Concord in town, one of the uh, few varsity programs in the state, uh, Hanover and uh, Concord being the case as they get out on the water for their first regatta of the season. Dartmouth action. Uh, it's a, a big weekend for the Diamond teams who are both in the hunt for Ivy League Championship Series action, although we do have, um, I think, uh, three weeks of games left or three weekends uh, of games left. We'll start uh, close to home with the softball at home to Columbia. Whose softball team, by the way, I believe was having breakfast out here in the lobby uh, just uh, in the last half hour or so. Uh, into the action, Dartmouth has won seven straight games. They are 6-3 and three in league play, 12-20 and 20, uh, overall, uh, but they have not played in two weeks. They were supposed to go to Philadelphia for a three-game set with Penn last weekend. That got postponed because of COVID issues at Penn. It has been rescheduled for Tuesday and Wednesday next week down uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, and if you've been catching up with some of the national news in terms of the newest... Um, coronavirus variant a lot of places in the northeast and a lot of schools i should say in the northeast have gone back to things like mask mandates a few schools have gone to online learning uh penn as noted before is one of those schools that had a COVID outbreak uh, a little bit over a week ago uh it put off that softball series and it temporarily delayed penn baseball last week uh, i thought they were off for the whole weekend but i do believe they did get the series in with cornell i just had to bump it back a couple of days um whatever the case may be I think the uh, Big Green probably be on uh, on the uh, lookout for any concerns heading back down to Philadelphia. Uh, you know, and what's going on? Who knows? Maybe they even have to postpone it again. It'll be an important series, obviously, because uh, Dartmouth has played the fewest games in Ivy League softball so far this season with just those nine. Uh, I believe one other school in the standings, toward the bottom of the standings, also has only played nine games so far and that would be Cornell so uh, Dartmouth in a situation where they were going to play a lot of games in a short period of time and they're all going to be very 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 important contests you got the three game set with Columbia which is also in the playoff picture but needs the wins desperately uh, even more so than Dartmouth does Harvard has the league on percentage points at nine and three although Princeton has played more games at 11 and four Harvard with a better percentage uh, Dartmouth and Harvard uh, I believe play next weekend down in Cambridge. Uh, bear with me while the computer catches up, and we will double on that. Yes, they are at Harvard next uh, Saturday and Sunday. So uh, got the three this weekend, the three Tuesday, Wednesday, the three down at Harvard. That's going to make a big, big impression on whether this Dartmouth team is uh, sufficiently capable of competing for one of those top two spots and hence making it into the Ivy League Championship Series. The uh, season, by the way, for Dartmouth will wrap up with a three-game visit from Cornell the weekend of May 7th and 8th. Um, so, you know, could very easily come down 
to that last weekend set over at the Dartmouth Softball Park. Uh, doubleheader today, 12.30, and a single game tomorrow starting at 12.30. Uh, catch the Big Green in action today. They play some pretty good ball. I mean, two weeks ago was an absolute riot. Uh, three real good games with uh, Brown, and at least two of them, uh, the doubleheader that ended up being played uh, two weeks ago tomorrow, both were walk-off wins, one on a Brown error in the eighth inning in the opener and one on a two-run homer from Jenna Brown in the bottom of the seventh inning in the nightcap. Uh, so Dartmouth certainly knows drama, uh, seven straight wins as they headed to this set. Baseball looked pretty good last week. They swept uh, Princeton. The bats were out. The pitching was out. The defense was out. I just wish the temperature would have been a little bit higher. But uh, Dartmouth has won six straight games, averaging more than 11 runs per game as they head out to Ithaca for uh, two games today and one tomorrow at Hoy Field. Uh, Big Green also in pretty good shape so far this season. They are 8-4 and four, uh, in uh, league play. They are, uh, let's see, winning record so far this season of 17-13. and 13. So in their first uh, serious action in the better part of three years, uh, Bob Whalen has the Big Green playing some pretty decent baseball. They are also in the Ivy League championship hunt, but uh, they're going to need some help, and they're going to need to pick up some victories over the next couple of weekends. Columbia has the lead at 10-2. and two. Penn is second at 9-2. and two. Uh, And then you got Dartmouth at 8-4, and four, Yale at 7-5. and five. Those are the teams most likely to be in the picture. Dartmouth baseball uh, not only has that series against a Cornell team, it's only won 3-12 and 12 in league play so far this season, but beyond that... Uh, They'll have uh, a trip down to Harvard, like with softball, next weekend. And then uh, after that, uh, it'll be non-league action until what could be a crucial Ivy League set with Columbia up here at Red Rawl Field on the weekend of May 14th and 15th. And of course, uh, that's always kind of fun because uh, Columbia coach Brett Beretti is a Davidson University or Davidson College graduate. Uh, of the baseball program, just like Rick Bender, the sports information director at Dartmouth. So they know each other well, uh, have uh, have some fun with that matchup, uh, gets together. I've seen some really good games between these two at the Ivy League Championship Series level down at Columbia University. Uh, neat little ballpark that overlooks the water uh, separating Manhattan and Bronx. Uh, so that will be big, but got to get through this one first and then uh, the Harvard trip next weekend to see if Dartmouth will still factor into the championship race for the Ivy League. Lacrosse doubleheader going on at Scully Fahey Field. Uh, the women will have the first game hosting Penn today. 12 o'clock to start there. Both teams 1-4 and four in league play. Uh, both looking to uh, salvage rough seasons so far this year. Big Green uh, lost to Vermont in non-conference action on Wednesday, 14-3. And the Quakers last in action on Wednesday fell in Ivy League play to number 12 Princeton. 15 to 13. And uh, men's lacrosse is at home also this afternoon. They will play at 3.30, their senior game, uh, which really is uh, hopefully an opportunity for fans to come out and celebrate 10 athletes for Dartmouth, who had one heck of a uh, history. Not only are they in the middle of the longest losing streak in Ivy League history at 32 games or 33 games, I think it is now, but of course you have a program that didn't play any significant action for the last three years, last time of course was 2019 before the pandemic rolled around and uh, Dartmouth actually you know the you look at the schedule yeah they haven't won a league game since 2016 or whatever it is uh, 2600 days ago uh, four and seven overall but they've played some pretty close contests 
against league foes. They have come darn close to knocking off that losing streak, including last week at number three, Princeton, where they fell 12-10. They were in that contest all the way. They've had uh, narrow losses, uh, a goal to Cornell. They've lost uh, tight contests uh, here and there as well in non-league action. Well, maybe that breakthrough will come across today, 3.30 is when that starts. Let's take one more time out. It's 9.51 and uh, talk some aged memories from professional hockey kind of popping around in my head. We'll talk about that next break. Pedal with you on Saturday Sports Talk. Hang in. Send my kiss from L.A. punk legends X, your mandatory Ramones teenage lobotomy gang of fours I found at Essence Fair, and you're listening to Michael Stipe and R.E.M. to get comedy off of... Ah, blanking on the name album. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. That happens far too often. Anyway, that's your music here on uh, NTK UVR. We dig into the funk and new wave every weekend to fill my desperate need to stay connected to the 80s. Uh, which is kind of what gets me on this last little riff here on Saturday Sports Talk. Greg Pennell with you. Um, it's been a sad week in the NHL. Uh, this time last week we were talking about the death of Mike Bossy, the New York Islanders great whose career uh, lasted only 10 years, but very prolific 10 years before back and knee injuries forced a premature retirement. Uh, he died at the age of 65 last week, and then yesterday's uh, sad news, Guy Lafleur, the Montreal Canadiens legend, from the 1970s. He passed away uh, three years after lung cancer surgery, and he was just 70, far too young for uh, men of their stature. Uh, it hits me because um, growing up on the Washington Capitals, we had season tickets for the first eight years. The Capitals were atrocious, so you didn't buy Capitals tickets as much to support them as to also see the stars coming into the Capitol Center at the time. Uh, yes, of course, you hated the New York Islanders because they were very good within your division, usually, at least within your geographic area. And you, you kind of despised Montreal as well because they were so good, those teams of the 70s. In fact, um, I was reading a, a nice remembrance uh, on the New York Times website uh, during the break, and uh, the, the argument in the city has always been, were the teams that won four straight cups from 76 to 79 better than the team that uh, teams that won five in a row in the 50s? Always a source of debate. But what people loved about Guy Lafleur was the way he played the game. French-Canadian players, of course, dominated the Montreal roster into the 70s, early 80s, before things really got internationalized. And Lafleur was the best of the best. Um, not because he was uh, any faster or stronger than, than the others. It was the flair. Here's a guy in the era when players uh, played without helmets still. It uh, wasn't mandatory. And he had these flowing blonde locks that just flew through the air as he skated through the neutral zone, put himself in scoring positions, uh, more than 500 goals in his career. Of course, he did retire in the mid-'80s uh, when he started to disagree with one of his former teammates uh, coaching Jacques Lemaire at the time. And... Um, 
ended up retiring for a few years, but came back and played for the Rangers and Quebec Nordiques before officially retiring. But he was already in the Hockey Hall of Fame by then. That goes to show you the uh, impact he had on the game back in the 1970s. The It saddens me because every time we lose one of these guys, we lose a piece of our youth. Uh, and I know it's uh, self-serving to say that, but these were the people that I watched and admired and, and enjoyed, even if I despised their teams. Um, I was uh, reading a neat blog post from uh, NovaCaps.com, one of the fan sites down in the Washington area that recalled a game in 1980, three days before the miracle on ice between the U.S. and the Soviets in the Olympics, when the Capitals beat Montreal on guaranteed win night at the Capitol Center, 3-1 to one at the Cap Center, and it was the first time ever in franchise history, and I remember being at that game. Uh, they had lost 34 straight, or an 0-33 and won the first 34 times. How bad the Caps were compared to how good Montreal was, and the entire building exploded when the Caps won that game back in 1980 when Lafleur was still at his greatest. Fantastic man. Sorry to see him go. That does it for today's edition of Saturday Sports Talk. Uh, thank you to all of you for tuning in to Dapper Dan for his work down at the studio. He's going to be gone for a couple of weeks. He's going up into the Northwoods. So we'll have Magic Matt on the desk uh, next week. In the interim, get ready for Rob Woodard and Bob Hingston, not necessarily in that order, for Valley Buzz, After News and Weather. I am Greg Fennell. We'll do this again in seven days. You have been listening to Saturday Sports Talk right here on WNTK and WUVR. Have a great weekend, everybody.